Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Monday Night Therapy. I'm already doing the bad English thing. Todd is not with me tonight because he is traveling. And who? some guy's joining me named Andy who writes for us on coordination and he does softball and other things. <laughs> <laughs> I mostly do other things and then softball, but not to Is that what it is? <sighs> well, it... There is news tonight. There is, uh, you know, it's Monday night in June, June 12th. My cousin Todd turned 61 years old today. Uh, I turned 61 years old, like uh, on the sixth D-Day. Let's see. Are are you alive then? (laughs) I'm four years away from Medicare, damn it. (laughs) You're only two years older than me. But that's that's, that's what I'm thinking about now is I, I can probably retire if I have health insurance. And otherwise, life is over as I know it. Eh, you say that. There's still a lot of good drugs out there. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> okay. Uh, Linda Wilkins. That. Linda Wilkins comes in with good evening, John and Andy. Thank you, Linda. Linda is a regular, Andy. So we'd be nice always okay. to Linda. And uh, uh, David Matney says... Uh, Good evening. He's also a regular. Blaine Cole, enjoy your youth, John. <laughs> enjoy your youth. <laughs> okay. Do you want to just start with your stuff? Because Linda Wilkins oh, with tells Jordy. us right away, Jordy Ball is coming home. I want you to explain. Now, first of all, explain who Jordy Ball is. Explain the significance. And explain that this is all going to happen. And I'll just, I'll listen to you. Okay, uh, that that I can do after kind of hopping up and down all day. Just to just to give quick background, uh, Liv Farrell, who pitched for Nebraska and was their captain last year, uh, I coached her in hockey for a lot of years. So I actually went to um, East Lansing and for the Big Ten tournament last year, and then I went down to Stillwater for the uh, for the regional. And Matt, Matt Rule wasn't kidding when he was like, God, Lincoln's beautiful. It's nothing like Stillwater. Uh, but anyway, so I, so I covered softball last year and, and learned a, a lot about it in the process. Uh, Jordy Ball, basically, it might be the best, you know, and there may not be any might about it, the best softball player to come out of Nebraska. She was the Gatorade National Player of the Year in 2021 at Papillion. 
Uh, she actually committed to Nebraska before ninth grade. Then two years later, uh, backed out of that commitment, ended up going to Oklahoma. I don't think anybody can deny that ended up being a pretty good move for her. She was a two-time All-American, uh, two-time Big 12 pitcher of the year. And then this year was actually the most valuable player of the Women's College World Series. So today, Jordy tweeted that she was going home. Uh, thanked everybody in Oklahoma for, you know, for everything there. And if I can say something about the Oklahoma fans, the first thing I did was, oh, we got to see the comments on this. They're going to lose their minds. Completely the opposite. I don't think I saw one bad thing. Nothing but thanks for what you've done. Nothing but we wish you nothing but luck. We understand it. We all we all miss home. Uh, it, it was just nothing but positive stuff. So, you know, kudos to the Okies for that. That was uh that's something you don't humanity see. is saved. That's that is something you don't see on Twitter these days at all. Um, but anyway, by going home, like, OK, first of all, I popped it up there. I saw ESPN pop it. So I'm like, Jordy is transferring to Nebraska. She hasn't announced that yet. But so all my Creighton fans are like, might be coming to Creighton. Eh. Well, here's the thing. ESPN is saying our sources tell us they expect her to announce that soon. Um she, you know, she initially committed with to Nebraska. I read one article saying she keeps all of her contacts here. She's, so she's always been in contact with people back home, never like broke away or anything like that. And her brother or not brother, her boyfriend plays for pitches for the Huskers, pick, pitches baseball for the Huskers. And I, his, his name slips me, but I kind of verified the names I saw out there on, you know, on social media and that sort of thing. So with all that going on, you know, I'd be really surprised if that didn't happen. But we got to remember, until we're not, we're still fucking cursed. So there's there's that. I feel like it's not going to happen because we can't have nice things. That's <laughs> it's just really the feeling I have about every sport at Nebraska is that like, oh, this isn't going to happen. We're just going to yeah. be set up for failure all over again. We're getting the National Coach of the Year. It can't go wrong. But yeah. I, but I feel like this is going to happen. And, and just to give you the idea of how good she is, I think her record in two years at Oklahoma was 44 and two. Her ERA was under one. She's striking out like 200 hitters and in 140 innings or 190 and in 130 innings. And it's, yeah, just, it's just ridiculous how good she is. Um, ha having gotten to watch her play some finally this year, I can tell you she plays with a lot of red ass and attitude too. She is out there. She's not out there just to get you out. She's out there to beat your ass and you, you can never have enough of that around. Um, so yeah, this, I mean, this, I don't, I don't think saying, Hey, Peyton Manning, primetime Peyton Manning transferring Nebraska. I don't think is quite as strong a transfer as this is. This is getting possibly the best, you know, you're getting the best pitcher in the nation, probably, possibly the best player. And I guess she even hit a little this year and batted 406. So the 406. 406. Just 406. <laughs> in like 30 or 40 at bats, just 406. Uh, knocked in eight runs and 40 at bats. Uh, so, th yeah, this is, this would be possibly the best pitcher Nebraska's had, except for Lori Sippel, our pitching coach, who I think still holds every pitching record, including like a career ERA of, you know, 0.5 something when she was at Nebraska and played for the Canadian Olympic team multiple times. So that I would say this is the best pitcher since her. I, I mean, I'd put her ahead of Peaches James. So. Okay. Wade Farr asked, is Rhonda Ravel still going to be the Nebraska coach? Uh, I'd be, I'd be stunned if she's not there for a while. What, yeah. what, whatever was going on a few years ago, uh, 
just just getting to talk to some of their players last year. They love her. Um, I I don't know if there was I, I don't even remember what the details were, but I would say she's as she she can stay there as long as she wants. She's she's the type that keeps making the regionals more often than not. Now now you give her a player like this. I'm telling you, with their bats, I think right now you have to pencil them in as a favorite to win a regional next year. They're a top 16 team now, I believe. See what you're doing. I know. I know. See what you're well, doing. And now what if, but then what if uh, she, she attracts another top flight pitcher and you got a one, two punch, then, then all bets are off. So, it, cause the thing is live, God bless live and, and uh, Courtney Wallace, but you know, they battled their butts off, but this is just a, this is just a whole different level of pitcher and athlete and a pitcher is kind of like a goalie in hockey they just don't let any anything in you know if you know that you can score one run one run and win most of your games that she starts that's you know that takes a little that's yeah that's a good point and and also it's not i mean softball staffs only usually have three pitchers with you know maybe two solid starters some like wichita state this year had you know came at you with three solid starters but you know, you just get, you get two. And I mean, even, even the one will pitch, you know, like even throwing like 140 innings, they're doing that. in I don't know, 60 games. So your best pitcher is going to throw like Courtney threw over 200 this year. Hopefully we don't have to do that to, to Jordy. So but. Just, just quick on softball, the way that they throw does not wear out your arm, like a overhand throw, like a baseball pitcher. No, correct. It, yeah, it doesn't put that kind of pressure on the shoulder and elbow where you're like whip, you're you're more like whipping it with the body, for lack of a better term. It it still freaks me out, you know, what it must be like trying to hit that because you know there's like 65 tops I've seen this year, maybe 70 miles an hour, but that's probably coming at you from 38 feet away once they're done. <laughs> right. I I thought of once trying to get live and saying, hey, let's do a thing where you throw me a few, but it's like. You know, Liv, Liv's not a fireballer, and she'd probably kill me yeah, if one of them hit me. Of course, it hits them, and they just look at it like, eh. So that'd be really embarrassing if I went down in the dirt and they'd laugh as they go to first. Okay, any more about softball? What more? What do you need? Any, any, anything else? That's we the, have the list. Remember, oh, we have we, we have, have the, the list. list. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you what that that announcement just kind of blew everything out of the window. I mean, I, I was just cross-eyed what what did jill say is uh boy you'd think he'd be cussing a lot more in our slack chat (laughs) like well you know i was doing it at work instead i guess which is probably worse but um now it's like we've got we've got good bats coming back we have the the starter who transferred i think it was from illinois state uh sarah harness and she'll be coming back courtney's courtney's finally done um and then you had Oh God, I'm forgetting her last name, but uh, uh, she was going to be our third pitcher and then needed surgery on her glove hand at the end of February. So basically we just had two pitchers to go to the rest, go the rest of the way. And you could kind of see that at the, at the regional. I think they were just, Courtney especially, was just getting a little worn down. She threw, she threw eight wild pitches in one game and that's not, you know, she's not, she has a little control issue here and there, but eight in one game, that's, that's a little bit insane. And I think that's just you're tired. You know, there was good news last week. Some really good news. Yeah. Track and field. The women finished eighth in track and field, the highest since 2006. Nebraska has two national champions, Rima Odebor and Axelina Johansson. And 
and they're both they're both throwers. Okay. Did you do track in high school? I did. I did. What did you do? Uh boy, I started off doing like the two mile and the mile, and then I got a little bit of sense. By the time I was a senior, I was doing the hundred and the four hundred, and then I was always uh, high jumping, maybe doing some long jump here and there, but. Even the, even though this like it was the four hundred that made me vomit, <laughs> so but but at least it was over in under a minute. I, yeah. I did the eight hundred and the uh, what is it the mile relay I think two mile yep. relay I don't know I ran middle distance and yeah. uh, I never threw anything so I don't know a damn thing about what it's like to throw a shot putt. No. Other than you know the coach would scream at you you're going to hurt yourself doing that you idiot Johnston. Yeah. Uh, do I, I, you've seen me, man. Do I look like any kind of a thrower? <laughs> you throw down the beers. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, that's not yet an Olympic event, but I'm holding out. These these are the first Husker women to win national championships since, oh my God, I should have pronounced this name before we started. Dace <laughs> Rascule won the discus in 2006. That's, I probably I think, butchered that name. I think it's close. Anyway, there. So you know, we do have nice things. We just mm-hmm. don't have them in really profile sports that help out our egos. Yeah, it's coming though. We got to believe, right? <laughs> Come on, man. I'm not ready to love again. <laughs> you just need to get back into the Minnesota games. Oh, you know, when August rolls around, I'm waiting. You know, okay, yep. can I do this? All right, we're, we're going to get the football stuff in a little bit. Baseball, Jeff Christie, pitching coach Jeff Christie is out. He'd been with uh, Will Bolt's program since 2019. Rob Childress, former pitching coach at Nebraska from 1998 to 2005, right. is in. Childress also coached at Texas A&M for a while. You, and you, you go to baseball games, don't you? Uh, I went to one with you this year. <laughs> besides that that's about that was about it i, I i'll be honest i kind of let it's not like i was ever like oh i'm disgusted with husker baseball but it just kind of fell away a little the last few years i i'd check in now and then uh that's why i'm glad we have aaron around because i can bug him what the hell linda wilk linda wilkins Will- says did you see the video where a female hammer thrower let it go right at the official and hit him in the chest no, I did not. Christ. I don't know if I want to. Well, that sounds horrible. Was the funeral nice or <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I mean, that thing's not ex- that, that's not like a slow pitch motion. That, that, how far away was he? It's like, good God. And and why was that he standing where he could be hit like that? I, I hope he was at least a little ways down the field, but and, and I hope he has a, a quick recovery. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting his chest imploded. No, I didn't uh, see that, but it sounds awful. <laughs> it does. Linda, if you have a link, you can post it in the comments section. I think. We're still learning this new platform. Stream, <laughs> this is StreamYard. This is a new platform for us. Andy is brand new to this. So, And to be honest with you, just so you know. guys know, here's the deal. Uh, between the Monday night shows and the Thursday night shows, I'm trying to work other people into this system with me because to be honest with you, I don't know if when the football rolls around, how good a job I'm going to do keeping up. Uh, 
Today is the 12th and my age of the, a monthly injection I take to get rid of the absolute horrifying pain in my brain is wearing off. So I'll probably get more raw as this show goes on. That'd be a shame. <laughs> Come on, John. No one wants to see that. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> okay. In other baseball news, apparently Wichita State has 31 of their players in the portal. I heard. And that. that's like their entire baseball team. Uh, my understanding is what happened is their, their interim coach last season got like conference coach of the year, but the AD didn't retain him. All the baseball players are angry. We hope that some of those players, including one really good pitcher whose name now escapes me, transfers to Nebraska because we could – Wichita State, Nebraska, you know, they're kind of close. Yeah. And I, didn't I see a first baseman, too, that had some sort of connection that – well, I guess if the whole team's going, then sure, there was a first baseman. But what do you know the size of a college baseball roster? I mean, I couldn't About think – 32 to 35. Okay. Man. So, somewhere in there. I, I, I think it's – I think it's the only still like, around must be the guys that can't catch a ball if you throw it up to yourself. Uh, I I think it's still like eleven point seven of them get partial scholarships. Okay, yeah, but, that's one of those that you divvy it up. I do know that. Um, yeah, thirty-one okay. guys, man. What I mean is that just so basically that's just all people upset for not keeping the coach. As opposed Probably. to this, as opposed and, to because otherwise it's the coach did horrible things and nobody's talking about it. They're just leaving the program. I, I think I'm it's like, because they're pissed off with the AD for not retaining the coach. Okay, that, that that's but not I mean, bad. <laughs> normally, <laughs> normally though, you'd think the new coach would come in and the players would talk to him and say, okay, I can live with this guy. Maybe they did and they decided, fuck this guy, I can't live yeah. with him. I'm going to Nebraska. Yeah. Damn right, all of you that we need to, you know. Roster willing. <laughs> Nebraska picked up three recruits this last week. Do you know anything about them? Uh, big week. Uh, now was it? Is it Marcus Buford? Is the I'm trying to I'm trying to separate the recruit from the brother who started for us. Was it Marcus Mar is the one that's on our team. On our team, and Mario is the is the little brother. Is uh, the little brother? Yeah. I mean, all all I know is he's somebody we really really wanted. Um, I read really good things about him. Uh, yeah, it's like, we might actually be getting a nice thing there. And then tight, then Tyson Terry, I actually talked to one of the Omaha North parents last night about him. That, you know, this is someone who, who also has a son being recruited and he's just said, he was just like grinning ear to ear that, that Tyson was going to Nebraska. I mean, the kids, the kids, what just been getting ready to start his junior year next year. He's won heavyweight in wrestling. State oh, that's right. Yeah. As a freshman and a sophomore, he's 6'2", 280 as a sophomore. And as I understand it, he's a pretty mobile 280 and, and a wrestler. And I always love it when we, when we get a wrestler on the football team, because then you've got, you know, because it's going to be the bigger ones, but they're just going to have an advantage when it comes to balance and body control and that sort of thing. And I, like Nash Hutmacher or whatever, if I'm pronouncing his name right, I think this is going to be his recap here. We've, we've been waiting for the polar bear. I think this is it. I think Tyson Terry could end up coming out of high school much the same as Nash did with 
four four state championships. You know, there's a you know there's definitely a possibility he's nationally ranked if he wins four of those in a row by the end of his senior year in high school. And I think getting he's one we better keep recruiting because where I, what I read was he had a lot more offers coming his way if he didn't commit to us. Just because he's what about just, the what about the like WWE? Oh well, well brother, let me tell you one thing. <laughs> We're <laughs> really old. This mean gene, don't you interrupt me, brother? No, I. That, that's what we got to see out of him, man. It's like he, if he can do it in front of the mic, he'll have the size and the ability. And uh, who, who knows who the next Kurt Angle is? But why not Tyson Terry? But first, an All American uh, career at Nebraska. Let, like we said, John, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. And then we we get a punter, uh, Camden Coke. And did, did we decide Coke is the correct pronunciation? Yes, it is. It's not cock, Andy. Um, I did say that, it, but I was kidding. You... <laughs> no, uh, I thought it was Koch, but yeah, I think I think it's Coke. And gosh, really, cock? He is the son of Sam Coke, not yes, the son of Sam Cock. Yes, that would be a different guy. Well, the Ravens probably a stage name. If that was the pronunciation, the Ravens would have made him change it. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But no, I, he's the one I literally know nothing about except, you know, if you're the son of a Nebraska and in career NFL. I mean, what did he punt? He had to punt in the NFL about 15, 20 years, didn't he? Dad? 16. 16. Ha, see? 16. Right, right there in that range. I got it. Uh, but I've got to, I've got to believe that there's a little bit of family ability there. And I, well, think about I, this. I wouldn't think you, they'd be going after it just because he's a legacy. You rest, you raised a son. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Did you have like, you're a hockey guy. Yeah. How old was your son when he got on skates? Uh, five or six. Oh my here's, God. Minnesota. It's like two. I They're know. out there well, on the ice at two with a stool. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I only took hockey up. Uh, when I was like 25 so he he thought he was growing up in a hockey family he had no idea his dad was you know uh, a half a clown on the ice you know I might as well have had bozo shoes over the skates at times but uh, no but yeah he there's definitely some athletic ability there it's funny though he did, he really didn't take after me in any of my sports except track and, it, it, and he turned out to be a heck of a track guy, but he did like did powerlifting, um, cross country. I, I didn't even have cross country, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but I figure if you're the son of, of an NFL punter that you, you probably picked up a, you know, a, a trick or two. I'm Maybe guessing that. he's been, he's been punting since he was five, probably Greg four. Pe- Greg Peterson says, think it's pronounced cook. And I think he's actually right. Yeah. But Sam cook was like a singer. Well, now he's a punter. <laughs> Maybe he has a guitar somewhere. You don't know. I, I I have to say that just because I do these shows, I butcher more names than probably all of the rest of the Nebraska media put together five times. Because you yeah, said Nash. Nash. Yeah, yeah I pronounce that's Nash Nutmasher to me. I can never remember. You know what? Names are, names are terrible for me to remember. That sounds like a good T-shirt for him, though. <laughs> Get the, get your nut masher here. Linda asks, who is the four-star DB who is coming to Nebraska? That would be that's, Mario Buford. That's, that's Buford. That's Brother it. of Marcus? Marcus. Marcus Buford. Who, start, who I think started 11 games last year. If memory he, what? I, I'm, I'm clicking on things. Yes, you are. Accidentally. What the hell does okay, Minnesota we, in the delivery room mean? I don't know. Uh... <laughs> Sounds like a crime. 
Wait a minute. We have to get a shot in here. Okay. Come on. Oh, I'm nothing but patient. <clears throat> oh, Roger Moore comes in with no Todd. How refreshing. <laughs> well, and I put that in there just so it's in there and we remember this forever and I can show it to Todd later. Well, next week you're probably going to get, thank God that half a tart Andy in back. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it's not, what, it's not politically incorrect if I call myself that, right? I don't think so. Okay. But I, everything's incorrect anymore. You oh. can't say anything without pissing somebody off about something. You know what that means, though? I like it to be intentional, though. You might be. Well, you'd like to have a target. You don't want to be shooting and just yeah. hitting these people over here when you really were directing everything at Iowa. Right. Who deserves yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who are way uh, the Big Ten released the 2024-2025 schedule. Yes. What do you think of that? Um, I heard people kind of going off about how 2024 is a you know a bit of a minefield. But when I looked at it, I thought, well, here's the thing. If my first thought was, if we show them, you know, study improvement, you know, whether whether it's like six wins to eight or nine wins and 24, I I felt like 24 is the schedule that that can happen with. But if that goes wrong, 25 is the schedule that looks like the, the buzz saw. Isn't that the one with Michigan and Ohio State both? Yeah, yeah that's the one and where I feel USC. like. Yeah, and, it, and if, that's the one where it's like, hey, if 24, you know, just kind of leaves us hovering at six and six, you know, assuming we at least get there, but then 25 sees us go four and eight, or now is Matt Rule on the hot seat and we're starting to look for yet another guy? and Or do okay. we show a little patience with. What's going what's going on with our conference versus say the SEC? Okay, that's the thing. I've said this for a while, and I want you to see what you think about this. College foot, I mean, over the past few years, college football has been like, oh, an undefeated team gets into the champion into the playoff, right? Oh, right. this undefeated team, oh, the SEC gets two teams in with one loss or two yeah. losses or whatever. Everybody shits themselves. Why is a two-loss team in there? Don't you think with a 12-team playoff that this is going to become much more like the NFL? Um, not completely. I mean, you're not – if you're Nebraska, we don't play 17 games, and I realize we're not going to have an 8-8 eight and eight record. But if <laughs> Nebraska goes 8-4 and four, and, let's say, finishes in the top five of the Big Ten in 2025, I – is that a good year? Is that a bad year? Is it all contingent on making the playoff? Well, I tell you, because you know divisions are going away. Right. Oh yeah. The this two teams, the two top teams in the Big Ten, are going to play each other for the championship. Right. Um, that, I tell you what. Go just going back to that twenty-five schedule itself. I, an eight and four, even if we went like nine and three and twenty-four, I think an eight and four record might be really good in twenty-five. Now. Are four losses getting you in the playoff because you got because you went you know eight and four in a stacked Big Ten? I don't think you're getting you know five teams in the twelve team playoff. That's uh, just it. Me here, you got the Big Ten, you got the Big Ten, and you got the SEC, uh-huh. and you got everybody else. So if the Big Twelve has one, who's left in the Big Twelve? Um, well, they well they just added more, okay. I thought, but no, yeah, it's I, who's I, I left that's remember. good. Uh, um, Baylor, uh, Okie State, might they might be your TCU or probably your top three, but 
then Cincinnati's coming in, aren't they? But right. Without, but without Fickle now. But isn't it funny? Fickle became now this, you know, amazing coach that's worth millions of dollars. He was on the other side of that Ohio State sideline and the biggest Tusker comeback ever, throwing Joe Bowserman out there or whatever, whoever that guy was that was chucking him into the eighth row. And after, uh, 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 Bra- was it Braxton Miller got hurt? And here's the thing, though, is I think people are still avoiding what the real problem with the playoff is. I did not have that big a problem with the BCS. And here's why it would you knew he was who was in. You didn't, right. you didn't shut a door and let some people go in there and obviously make some decisions based more on money than on who really deserved to be there. And we and we can't they keep like placating by adding more teams and like playing to an audience that you know wants the NCAA basketball tournament only in football. And the thing I always loved about the NCAA football national championship was you know by god you know the people in there are going to be undefeated it's going to be the cream of the crop or at worst a one loss team that you know barely lost that proved they believe like for last year alabama wanted in with two losses you know without without even a a division title and they got they got nicked by was it tennessee and a&m so they got nicked by a tennessee team that georgia destroyed uh I think was it an a a terrible A and M team. Oh, and a terrible A and M team, and they're just but yeah. we're Alabama, we're ten and two. By God, you you, you know we got we get that fourth spot. It's like, no, go away. And and now with the with the twelfth, it's just like we're going to be worrying now at the. It's going to be like the NFL playoffs. What's everybody talking about in the last two weeks? Hey, who's going to make the wild card? You're going to be talking right. about shittiest teams in the playoffs. And now it's, that's kind of kind of come to college. Well, hey, who's number 12, Washington State or Notre Dame? Well, Notre Dame, obviously. And, and well, I mean, like, think get, about it, though. Get a, you formula, have, get a formula ahead. and get those old men out of the room. Uh, that's just that's just going to piss everybody off in the end. And, they, and the, the thing the BCS did is they messed with that formula every year. It got better and better. But then, then when they couldn't pick exactly who they wanted, that, that's when, ah, you know what, let's get a bunch of freaking guys in a room. And, and okay. yeah, yeah, I could go on. With that Here's the thing. Keep with that thought because yeah. there's a bunch of, you know, like Nicole Auerbach, I believe from the athletic yes. She's a yes. national football writer. She's saying that she did an article, I think for the athletic that said strength of schedule has to be considered here. Right. Okay. Well, if the, if the big 10 is playing just Big Ten teams, and they're playing G5 teams for their non-conference. And uh-huh. the SEC is playing Citadel and yeah. Mercer. Where's the, where are you going to get a streak to schedule that makes any sense of that? The well, NFL right. plays play, – they're all even in the first place in the NFL. Oh, my God, my hair is getting in the way. But, Hold on. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. but, I mean, the NFL has – they play everybody evenly. You know what I mean? Whereas you get, it's okay. You look great. The one's still you, stuck out. You don't look old at all. No, I, I just want those those lovely white locks. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, did, did you have a train of thought okay. there? Yes. The SEC is going to play the SEC. The Big Ten is going to play the Big Ten. There's going to be no out-of-conference games to make it possible for us to actually judge who's good. Right. Well, we look at the Big Ten and we'll say, well, they can't, the Big Ten, let's say the Big Ten has six good teams and they just beat the shit out of each other and cannibalize their conference. Yeah. And the well, SEC has two good teams and they they rise to the top, but the rest of them is, you know, poopy. 
Well, here's the bigger you're problem. You're going to get four or five SEC teams in, and you're going to get two maybe Big Ten teams in because they all have four losses or something. Right. How are they no. going to do that? How is this going to work? Well, you just hit on a problem that's been a problem for probably eight or nine years, but only popped up here and there. Now it's finally out there because the SEC is like, okay, we're finally getting called out because they've only been playing eight conference games. And right. then they're, they're maybe playing, you know, one P5, but out there, you know, playing the Citadel. And yeah, God, poor Georgia State and Georgia Southern, you know, and UAB and, and Citadel and all those little small schools that, that just pick up those paychecks and get the holy living shit kicked out of them. I mean, it must be, you know, like Coco Beware versus Andre the Giant, just that big hand slap in the chest for 60 minutes. But, but here's the problem with the SEC is not only do they – only play eight conference games, don't do their best not to load up in those non-con games, but they never even leave the South for anything. Right. The the only teams I can ever remember leaving the South was several years ago. I think when, when Burt was down at Arkansas, he actually went up to play Rutgers at Rutgers. And then uh, LSU went up to play Wisconsin, but still had to be a neutral game. It wasn't at Madison. Right. Right. And but that was extraordinary because they said those are the first two teams in the SEC to leave the South for a non-con game in like 15 years or something. And so and yet you know the, the Big Ten tends to jump around a little. It's like what are we doing? Yeah, you know, we're playing Colorado, Oklahoma, Tennessee. It's like I think you can kiss that Tennessee game goodbye. By the way, or those Tennessee games, right? Because here you know here's the SEC probably on the cusp of going to nine conference games. You know if not next year, then probably after that. Well. The last thing on earth, especially if we get any good, that Tennessee is going to want is a game with Nebraska at right. And and I think Rule will probably think the same way. Why are we breaking our backs when the SEC's down there farting around with cupcakes? And those two will probably get together. Yeah, we can just forget this one, can't we? And but I see that one going away. But yeah, until you get both of them kind of on an even keel, where you're playing the same number of conference games. And maybe you know, at least throwing one Power Five game that matters, and you know, not Vanderbilt assholes, and you know, an actual winning Power Five team. But that—that's where the SEC and the Big Ten, because right now they're—they're just—it's they're I think it's the Power Two, the pretty Big Three, and then you know, the I don't know, the G Five or whatever the hell they call the rest of them. I, I, our, our Georgia guy, we have guys from other teams that come in here. A damn beast media comes in and said, Georgia played at Notre Dame, Arizona State, o- Oki State. What the <laughs> hell are you doing wearing that thing? Just to name <laughs> it. Uh, it's like you just took all your clothes off right in front Georgia, of me. I'm, Georgia's I'm shocked my, and horrified. Georgia's my 1A. And I, and I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be like a home. My dad, my uncle went to Georgia. I grew up the biggest Georgia fan and, until I went to Nebraska. Now Nebraska is my one. Georgia's my one. A it, it, it it'll be okay, John. I've been fine all these years. So I didn't want to come out homering for Georgia right away. I, a damn beast media isn't wrong though. They, they and they were playing. Then they were playing Boise State home and away when Boise was begging for the big games. I think. Well, they played Oregon this year, and I and I get it. it at the time, it looked like here was an Oregon team that was going to go four and eight, but it ended up being a pretty good Oregon team that they just you know, beat the piss out of it happened. Mike, <sighs> I'm still, I'm still in shock. Yeah. Just for did. those people, for those people listening on the podcast, Andy pulled his shirt up to realize, to reveal he's wearing a Georgia shirt. <laughs> I am wearing our brand new man killing Mastodon shirt that you can get at that thing streaming across the bottom. 
where were we? This is a big problem though. This is a, this is a big problem in determining strength of schedule. If you don't actually play anybody, we're literally going to, in like three or four years, we are going to look at this and say, we're going to use the term preseason in regular season, just like they do in the NFL. Well, and one so, of the things is if you're going to make – I'm fine with, hey, strength of schedule means something, but right now it really only appears to mean it if you beat them, but fuck you if you, you know, if you lose to somebody. <laughs> and so you should get credit for that. And I think, you know, when they go – when they went to four, and obviously it'll probably come into bigger play with 12, you'll probably get more credit to say, hey, we decided to go down and play Miami – lost by two and if you're 10 and two well you know that's probably that's probably good enough then although someday we okay. got a discussion how many wins is how many losses is too many losses for the 12 team playoff because i think we they set the standard you couldn't have more than one for the four team but where do we go see what happened here roger moore says andy really knows his facts todd <laughs> will need to watch this before he returns wow <laughs> but look at the next comment from roger Roger Moore <laughs> says, Georgia shirt. Todd needs to come back now. Hold on, so, hold on. Oh, my God, he's going to go disrobe or something. No, no, that, that's later. The lotion's off to the side. There you go. I'm corn dog. Corn dog, baby. Okay, that's better. Okay, but it's not a We're going to take some comments. I just, we're, I'm going to keep bringing that issue up because, I mean, it's going to be in front of us. I think that, I think that two things are going to change, are going to have to change. 2024-2025, you know, 12-team conference or playoff, I think we're getting – us as Nebraskans is, are going to have to change our attitudes about what makes a successful season. And yeah. that – we'll realize that. We have to adjust. I know that's hard because you're old, Andy. Yes. God, yes. I <laughs> <laughs> am. But yeah. Okay. Uh, now, let me let me jump in there because I think you touched on something real quick. I'll, I'll I'll make it as quick as I can. We're I think we're kind of in an amazing time in college football right now. We're in a time. Think of all the changes going on. I mean, you're seeing the super conferences start to happen, and so you, you're starting to wonder. Okay, the, I mean, it sounds like the Pac-10 is just basically going to be trash after next year, even maybe. Um, yeah. The SEC is kind of on weak footing. Uh, the Big 12 is holding it together as best as they can. And the Big 10 and the SEC have kind of positioned themselves in, in a superior place. But all that's and all the new TV deals are happening. Not only that, we're learning we're learning how to navigate NIL. We're learning how to navigate the transfer portal. You're going to see, you know, three or four years of that just figuring itself out. And and I got to admit, this is this is kind of an exciting time with all that going on. And going into that, it's also a time where you better get used to your team. Like what what happened with Georgia these last years? Well, it's been pretty enjoyable for me. It's I think going to start turning it into an aberration a little bit. I have a feeling, with, especially with the portal, it's going to even things out so that you can't just have say a roster that's as stacked as Georgia or Alabama's versus you know a nine and three Big Twelve roster that would probably be you know. Uh, faith, you know, have have the SEC team favored by seventeen, but yeah, these next few years are going to be pretty exciting. And I did see that, Linda. Linda, hear- Linda Wilkins comes in with, "Did yeah. you see the IRS new ruling on nil money? It is not tax deductible, right?" And that, and what now was it for the players? Because I wouldn't think it'd be tax deductible for them, but I thought it was the collectives couldn't treat right. themselves as tax deductible en- entities, or right. right. Like non-profit, however that work. I I have to read a little deeper, but I did I did see that. 
I'm guessing we're because right. the, the government needs their money. <laughs> yes, it's all that it is political as I'll get with that. The government but, uh, need their money. <laughs> they do. Uh, let's see. Uh, Roger Moore comes back in with OU and Texas to the SEC the next year. Yes. Yep. That, uh, uh, Wade Farr. Next week, you're going to get some fan from Texas to partner with you. I might. Oh, for fuck's sake, why? That just doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Well, next, the next thing you know, we'll have those Iwegians in here, and then it all just goes to shit. Uh, maybe that. Charles Hullett a while ago said, do you think we'll see a repeat <laughs> of Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Colorado finishing one, two, three in the polls again? Oh, geez. Well, maybe not Colorado. Yeah, I was- that's I, just, gonna, I don't. That's going to be a hell of a thing to watch play out over a couple of years. That because you're throwing. He's definitely up the. Ta- you can't deny he's up the talent coming in there, and but can can a bunch of guys who've never actually played the game together like like there's gonna. I don't think there's gonna be like three guys that have played the game together on that team. What did they get rid of? Like about sixty five or seventy of their, you know, eighty five scholarship players, including graduations too or whatever, but. That's that's insane. It will that'll be uh, interesting to watch. I hope we kick the shit out of them. I, I think it is. You know, I've been doing the history videos about the early days of football and all of the massive changes they went through, and, and quite frankly, just how brutal it was and how oh. many people were killed. And and it's uh, you know, I, you look at it in a lot of ways. You have the same concerns now that you had back then. I have not done a video on what are called tramp athletes. Tramp but tramp athlete, tramp athletes, like like jumping trains or well, <laughs> just like hookers. That's how they went around. Yeah, tramp athletes were people who were just paid to play football. They did, they weren't student athletes. Oh, like the Gipper, probably no. But but yeah. there were guys that there was. For example, there was one guy I think in the early 1930s who. Because he was a professional boxer, people discovered he was a tramp player and he was thrown off the teams and people refused to play against oh, okay. him. okay. Gotcha. But I mean, you know, it's been Jeremy the same Bloom. stuff. <laughs> like Jeremy <laughs> Bloom. <laughs> the mogul jumper, damn cheaters. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, okay, Here, here's Roger Moore again. Roger Moore is owning the chat tonight. Oh, man. Any uh, Andy thoughts on Rayola to Georgia? Have a, you know, I... Here's the thing is uh, I, I've got a friend who's friends with Dominic. And so I got to hear a little bit inside about what was going on. But even, even at the end, I wondered if, you know, if Dominic knew all along, because I actually had a friend meet those two in the airport in Phoenix and they were taken off for Omaha for that one. Uh, was it when he had all the recruits in on the, un- <clears throat> on the unofficial visits and Dominic just seemed really excited. He goes, Hey, is, is Dylan going to go to Nebraska? And Dominic just got this big smile and goes, I'm trying. So I, I get the feeling, well, you know, as soon as he went into, uh, was it April, you know, and just shut and just shut everything down or whatever, you know, he'd been on, the, everybody's like, what's going on? And everybody's uh, got inside info. It's like, oh, they just went home. They, the kid's been in a different city like every weekend for three months. <laughs> Maybe he needed a little bit of a break. Uh, I'm not that surprised. At the end of the day, it's, got to be a little tough to say do you want to go to the two-time national champion defending national champion or do you want to go to a team your dad's team that hadn't had a winning record in seven years it's like yeah i mean i I think it's a testament to rule that he even that he got the visits he did and hey was was it horrible here's my thing in the end 
was it people were pissed, but was it horrible publicity in any way? Right. Have Nebraska in the discussion for the best player in the nation, you know, with what the, not just the two time defending national champ, but the coach who's coached three of the last five Heisman winners. That had to be kind of tough to walk away from. And also, well, if you read the athletic article, though, on, on quarterback transfers, uh, if you're a top 50 quarterback, uh, there's a right. chance Dylan Rayle is not going to be at Georgia in three years. They said it was like 70% of the top 50 quarterbacks for the last five years transfer. Uh, if you take away the ones who switched positions, couldn't play any more of injury or just quit, it goes up to like 86. And then they said, and how many quarterbacks uh, stuck around, you know, never started and stuck around through their senior year? 3%. So it's just part of life. Quarterbacks, if they're not going to start those first, get a start those first two or three years, they're going to be gone. Uh, Rail has got a little bit of a, he's got a little mountain to climb. That's that job is not going to be handed to him at Georgia. Uh, and he, you know, he, here, you know, he probably would have been stepping on the field his freshman year there. Right. That's, that's going to be far from a given. He's going to be stepping in there after a guy who's got his first year starting the guy behind him's a top 10 quarterback, the guy behind him's a top 25 quarterback and, and actually like weird, weirdly a relative of mine, Gunnar Stockton. So yeah, the, the Rayola thing probably played out like I, if I had to guess, I probably would have been like, hey, 50% Georgia, 30 Nebraska, 20 USC. Um, but, look, but let's not savage the kid on Twitter just yet, because you never know if, if he might be turning around in two years and saying, hey, Nebraska's had a couple winning seasons. Uh, I'm not starting. Let's give it a go. Yeah, Don't okay. shit on anybody ever anymore with the transfer portal, Is <laughs> if we learn anything. Tony, Tony Washland, I, you know, Tony, you. you need to, you need to send me like an email with the pronunciation of your name. Tony W. Who's a regular says, John, do you think the big 10 West is a slum? Do you know what he's referring to? Andy? Um, I, well, I believe just how it was pretty much the shit half of the two conferences. Would I be close? No, there an actual, an actual reason for it. There is an actual reason for it. Fire. This is a tweet that the uh, – let me get the comment off there. Well, I saw that one, yeah. I, I saw the slumming comment a few days ago. Yeah, but it's it's turned into something giant. <laughs> oh. Okay, so just so people know, this is a tweet that the World World Herald Fair. sent out, <laughs> and it included the line – it's an article by Tom Chattel. Yeah. And it says uh, – it's it says – Michigan, UCLA, USC, and Ohio State all on tap in conference 2025. This is the world the Huskers live in now. It beats slumming in the Big Ten West. Bring it on. And it uh it did not go <laughs> it did not go over well on Twitter. You think? <laughs> Scott whoop, wait a minute. That's not it. Scott Doctorman, who I actually had on the show a few weeks ago to talk about Iowa responded with this talk about slumming yeah the three most recent big 10 additions since 2017 and he shows what what you don't see at the bottom of that so because some guy's <laughs> running an ad is uh that nebraska is at the bottom along with maryland and rutgers <laughs> and well, the hey, idea i don't know what the deal with that chart is but 16 and 0 is pretty good I don't know what the hell. I get that's the total wins, but yeah, I'll take sixteen and zero. Well, people started beating up Scott Doctorman about his tweet, and oh, I, I look at it and I go, "Okay, 
I think it's a bit much. It's it's kind of rich for a Nebraska writer to say slumming it in the Big Ten as if we weren't part of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was gonna say that was our that was our neighborhood. Definitely a few. That's yeah, but everybody all the Nebraska fans sport. have gone insane on Twitter defending that we're not part of that slum. And it's come down to national titles and all sorts of shit. And I just, I wait, what there were national titles. Well, it's, it's, it's evolved into us comparing national titles, which is Uh, what we all do, eh, you know? And then Scott Docterman also put up another tweet showing what the big 10 national titles look like and of course you have michigan with these titles in 1901 1902 1903 1904 there was no determination that those are national titles they just claim them and nebraska can claim a bunch too but i don't know it just seems cheap but this is how nebraska fans are defending our program on twitter is going into the past which uh, the f- the five time five time <laughs> yeah listen I, I should be better pandering pandering to nebraska fans we're the booker t of I, college football <laughs> five time, five time. <laughs> we we're the we are the slum lords okay yes we're we're in the slums we are part of the slum of the big 10 west and yes it's been a slum there's been people defending this saying but they made us play Ohio State like 83 times. Well, they did that because they thought we were going to be worth a shit with the coaches yeah. we hired. And but we get we beat never fall into that. And, we, so, and, we get, and people want to watch our games for some weird reason. Yeah. If, I, if you had a Nebraska team that could play football, everybody in the nation wants to see Nebraska-Ohio State if Nebraska is right. worth a shit. Worth a shit, That's yeah. A that, game. that being the key. <laughs> Yeah, that's the game where college game day comes Mm -hmm. and you get all sorts of national exposure. And we did that. And, of course, what happened? You know, Mr. (laughs) Fucking guy we fired blew that in the the turf. (laughs) But But you're not bitter. That's the important thing. You've gotten over it. I'm not ready to love again. It doesn't bother you anymore. Okay. so this whole thing on the on Twitter turned into Slumgate. Oh God! And Tom <laughs> Fornelli joined in with this Nebraska versus the Big Ten West since the formation of the division in 2014. I mean, two and seven against Iowa, zero oh and eight against Wisconsin, Minnesota three and six. Wait, oh, since the big right? I thought yeah, I was like, wait, we beat Wisconsin once, but yeah, that was Taylor Martinez in the red uniforms. So I mean, it's. We've been part of the slum. I know, I think I saw something where uh, Damon Benning and whoever guy he's with was trying to like dance around this and explain it like we're not, you know, the, uh, you know, did the rest of the Big Ten West suck too? Yeah, a lot of them sucked. We're, yeah. we're part of the suck, so I don't right. think we should go around. We were two and seven against Iowa. We were getting beat by the suck. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that, that's that one hurts me even more than 0 and 8 against Wisconsin, by the way. Two and seven, Iowa. Oh, god, it, we're right next to them, you know. It's just there's just no escaping it. We, we've got one, we've got one gal that comes in our bar, and she's a big Iowa fan, and she's a loud Iowa fan. And she makes, I don't, need, I don't want to imitate him, she makes really shrieky, yelly, high pitched noises. 
you know, it's like a raccoon got caught in the can and somebody shot it with a pellet gun or something and you know, or something. And she does that shit. And the first time she did it was Frost's first game against Iowa, you know, the one of the many close losses and into, into the game losses and just started doing that shrieking noise. And then people started making fun of her shrieking and she got mad about people making fun of her shrieking, which just made her shriek more. So there was just no escaping it. So I, as if I was not bad enough now, I have the I have PTSD over this shrieking noise that would go on during those <laughs> games. So, yeah, that, it would just when you don't think when you thought you couldn't find another reason to hate those assholes, then that then that comes into your life. Oh my god! What, were, talk, what were we talking about? I had an Iowa moment. <laughs> Roger Moore comes in with "I miss Todd." Wow! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <sighs> Fred Fred Sacco, also a regular, comes in with a reasonable comment that we can read. Yeah. Uh, the Big the Big Ten West has been trash forever. Such a wasted opportunity. Terrible. It gave PJ Fleck the 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 appearance of success. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is he's right. I mean, think about it. We have been in the Big Ten West since 2014, and we couldn't fucking hire coaches that could win in the shittiest big division right. in football. We could have made a college football playoff by getting into position to win one fucking Big Ten title. And we couldn't do any of that. We didn't even – we have been to a bowl game. Don't you should feel ashamed, Andy. Don't say Bo Pelini. Don't say Bo Pelini. Right? Is that another guy we fired? <laughs> yeah. He, 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 scared our, uh, he scared our skittish athletic director too much. Uh, Tony W says, <laughs> "Here we go. <laughs> Nebraska has only won one game against the Big Ten West in each of the last three seasons. Yeah, that is true. I mean, oh my God, that's sad. It's that's, sad. Yeah, that, wow. Because yeah, who did we beat this year? Rutgers, Indiana, and then I think what our Iowa we beat. That was Iowa. Our, yeah, we beat. That was our Big Ten West win. I think, wasn't it? Because hey. we." We went four and eight, and we beat North Dakota. We beat North. Did we play Northwestern? North we played Northwestern. Yeah, yeah. North, Northwestern. You, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't you just, know. You just you just sucked that away. I I went home and played with the dog for four hours after that one. I didn't even want to deal with it. But no, I think our only wins were what North Dakota, Rutgers, Indiana, and Iowa. So we have one oh, one God. win one win against the Big Ten West. Fuck us. Oh wow. I did, 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 did. Is, it, is this the part of the show where we, we're supposed to start getting depressed? No. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do you know what's – I'll, I'll, I'm going to use this many times. I use it actually as a personal, like, keep myself going thing. Do you know what Stockdale's paradox is? No. Explain. Okay. In the comments, tell me if you know what Stockdale's paradox is. And I – I just, I am going to make sure I get this name right. It's not that Admiral who is like, uh, yes, Perot's running mate. Is that who it's based on? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, I, so I'm at least uh, in the right direction. Yeah. I, I keep screwing up James Stockdale. All right. <sighs> Let me adjust my hair. Okay. Here's the thing Admiral James Stockdale, and he was right. He was Ross Perot's running mate in like what, 1984, 1988, something like that. Something like that. Okay, he was shot down in Vietnam, and he was a POW, a prisoner of war, for like seven or eight years. He was tortured 
around 30 times. He was permanently disabled, but he lived. And it always, you know what, I use the, I, I use this to explain this to heart attack survivors and brain injury survivors. So I'll probably choke up during this because it means a lot to me. Okay. A man named Jim Collins wrote a book called Good to Great, in which he went around interviewing CEOs and companies and looked at what made them make that jump. And he went and he interviewed Admiral Stockdale. And he interviewed him because Admiral Stockdale and his wife wrote a book later about how they coped with him being in prisoner of war. And Colin said he read the book and he almost couldn't finish it because it was so deeply emotional and terrifying. <clears throat> and he said, I could almost not finish that book and I knew what the outcome was. How did you, how did you make it? And Stockdale tells him about, you know, being in prisoner war and all this stuff and about how he always had faith that he could make it. Now, here's the key to this. Collins asks him, who didn't make it? And Stockdale answers, that's easy, the optimists. <clears throat> the optimists were the guys who, when Thanksgiving was coming around, they go, we'd be out by Thanksgiving, and then Thanksgiving would come and go, and then they do that for Christmas, and then Easter, and then Thanksgiving would roll around the, the, at the end of the year, and they'd still be prisoners of war. And Stockdale said they died of broken hearts. Mm. Now, the key to this is this. Collins came up with something he called Stockdale's Paradox because Stockdale said, how did you make it? And he said, I faced the reality of my situation, but I never gave up the idea that I would prevail in the end. And prevailing to him meant coming home. So for me and my recovery from death, uh, I look at that and I, that's really where I made my turn in starting to really start to recover and be as good as I can be. And the thing about it is, is I face the reality of my situation, which is my heart is permanently damaged. I have a brain injury that's never going away, but I am going to prevail in the end. And how I prevail in the end is getting out of bed every day and doing something to accomplish what I want to do with my life, which is, you know, do this because I enjoy it. Be with you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> but that when, when people, I got so many comments about me being negative. And I don't look at it that way. I look at it and say, this is the reality of the situation. Nebraska is one of the worst power five programs in the nation right now. And we can all feel good about Matt rule coming in. Right. Mm -hmm. Because he's done everything right. He's recruited to players. He looks like he has a, you know, a good handle on things, but you still have to prove it. So for me, I don't believe I'm being negative. I believe that I'm look, literally looking at a real, realistic look at the situation, whether in my life or the Nebraska football program, they seem to be joined at the hip for some reason. But again, you go back to, are you going to prevail? Okay, prevail. You know what prevail means? Prevail means in two years, we can look at all the motherfuckers on Twitter that have been making fun of us about being part of the Big Ten West and say, where are we at now, you pieces of shit, basement dwelling nope. motherfuckers? That's, that's, that's the prevail part of this. That is coming out and saying we're going to be a better program because we kind of demand it. 
I think we have could we could get the right coaching staff in place and see what happens going forward. But if you do this, I think the problem with the whole Slumgate thing is, is if you convince yourself we're going to go nine and three or 10 and two in 2023, you, you set yourself up for failure. Right. I, you know, at least in your expectations. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's... Can you realistically look at this next year and in the first game say we're going to beat Minnesota because Minnesota has beat the shit out of us. And I mean on the field physically, beating us up. Uh, have they really? I mean, yes. What, what are the scores of those last two games? Weren't both those the like scores? Points? That's yep. that's scores. What did they do in those games? What did they do in those oh, no. games? I get it. They lined up like they ran the ball. We know over. what they're doing. They don't do a lot. They run nickel duo 83 times a game. Of course, last year though, we were actually stopping that run, and then and then Ty Robinson made the horrid mistake of knocking their shitty quarterback out of the game, <laughs> and then they then they actually came in and path scored on us through the air. If you remember that that backup just came in and started winging it around, and we apparently he, he, for that <laughs> he he'll be their starter this year. And I know I I I, I was sitting I'm with my freaking Minnesota alum son with that and. I looked at him and said, shit, I would rather Tanner Morgan was still in there. And he turns oh. and goes, yeah, we're going to win now. Yeah. That, and then we did, did, did we do the same thing against Iowa? Did we knock him out or did they take him out? I, who could, there's no <laughs> difference. That was between, so, uh, very Petrus, much, I got a lot of, I think Tanner Morgan and Petrus were very similar. They were both like, you know, like some, they, they, they grew strong roots in the pocket, you know, couldn't move. And then like we teed off and I, I know we teed off on Morgan. I couldn't remember if, and I thought Petrus got drilled, but I wasn't sure if he was actually hurt or if, or if uh, Brian Brian Ferentz, that genius him, had had enough. <laughs> you know. All right. You know what's funny? Brett, real quick. Real quick. Go, yeah. James Stockdale. I remembered him from that from the debate when you brought him up, and I always remembered that. And thank God there wasn't like a social media Twitter going on when this happened. Right. His, remember his uh, hearing aid kept falling out. And I yeah. was just like, oh man, poor guy, you know, what to, to be, I, I, that's what I was just saying. Yeah, that kind of sucks having to do that, you know, with the eyes of a nation watching you. But, you know, I didn't really think that much of it, but apparently a lot of people were just making fun of it. Oh, he's got some doddering old fool. Can't then the next day I read his story and found yeah. out because of the torture is how he got yeah. the hearing problem and needed the hearing aid. And I'm like, man, it, you know, it would, it would kind of come into play in Ted Lasso. It's like, yeah, maybe people should find out a little before they just start bagging on a guy and after that i was it, it didn't know quite as much as i just learned from you but maybe you give people the benefit of the doubt till you know what's going on occasionally but ted ted lasso kind of also kind of echoes you because the, they had the saying in england it's the hope that kills you <laughs> and he tried to say uh, ah <laughs> we need to wait a minute oh. i hit the wrong one uh, uh, david david kennedy says prevail like <laughs> the man killing mastodons <laughs> You, you guys need shirts that say man killing mastodons. I know where you can get them. Get them. Uh, let's see. Uh, Linda says, good night, John and Andy. Thanks for an enjoyable 60 minutes. We're, you know what? We're not quite done, but thank you. <laughs> thanks Linda. Uh, wait, I start a couple comments that I didn't get to. Did Matt stop. Hansen, who's another regular says for all the focus on football, it'd be nice to not have the program mismanaged for 20 years. Hmm? Yeah, we don't have twenty years left, Andy. Uh, speak for yourself. I'm, 
take up dope in another 10 years and tool around like Willie Nelson. It seems to be keeping him alive. Maybe there's something to be said for the, uh, <laughs> for the, for the evil weed, but nah, yeah. I'd, uh, yeah. It's, it's coming down to our twilight years as fans. That's for sure. Well, I, you know, I'd kind of like to see us rise to, and let's face it by 2025, we better be a decent team. Hey, I'll say this. I, if I can, if I can have it check out the way it's, it's checking out for my dad, he's 85. His two favorite teams on earth are the Georgia Bulldogs football team and the Atlanta Braves. And he's gotten, here he is, you know, let's face it, 85. Uh, you know, you just got to be honest with yourself. There's not a lot of years left, but two national titles and a world series championship out of your teams. I could live with yeah. that. Yeah. That's not too bad. That's not too shabby. Okay. Did we, oh, let me pull up. I, I I'll check the list. Hey, if you're still here, remember to like the video. If you're on YouTube, push the like button. Uh, eh. Wait a minute. All my eh. notes disappeared. I think we track track and field, Wichita state, Jordan yeah. ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's it. All right. I don't know of anything else. I even stopped talking for five minutes to make Rogers night a little better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, You know what? We'll probably, you know, if Todd misses Steph, we'll have you back again. Oh, that'd be awesome. Or we can get, I'd like to see us get to the point where you and Todd and whoever else can swap in and, you know, run things if they need to. That's where we're trying to get to. Awesome. Uh, oh, I'd love there to. you go. There you go. Uh, good night, everybody. Good night, Andy. Good night, John. Thanks for having me. <laughs>